Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and I am here with Luke Papa. And you can check out all the very many things we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. All right, well, Luke, I am here with you in Blister headquarters at Elevation Hotel in Mount Crested Butte, Colorado. And we are talking on December 21st, which really signifies two things. First of all, it's winter solstice. And second, it is World Snowboard Day. Luke, happy World Snowboard Day to you. A happy World Snowboard Day to you, too. (laughs) I think that's what they mean when they say happy holidays this time of year. They're just referring to World Snowboard Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You and I are both on record. I was thinking about this a lot the other day. I think if you're like a real core skier or snowboarder, you talk about the fact how you like that the days are getting shorter and shorter because you're like, yeah, you know, bring on winter. You and I do not share that opinion. We like long days filled with lots of sunshine and light. And so we are excited that this is winter solstice because it is the end of darkness and short days of light. And the world just gets better, literally brighter after today. And we are here to celebrate that. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it soon not being pitch black while I'm still... I still have several hours left of work to do. Yes. It's not the best motivation. Exactly. And, you know, I was talking about recently how winter solstice maybe is my favorite holiday for the reasons we just said. But the fact that this is also World Snowboard Day, we get two sort of two holidays in one. And given that I am about to become a snowboarder, this does seem like this is the greatest holiday for, you know, me personally. I think this all checks out. Yeah, I hope I can actually go snowboarding on World Snowboard Day. It would be very nice. <laughs> so, speaking of which, we do need to give an update here cuz I am I'm technically not a snowboarder yet. You know what would be truly amazing is if in celebration of World Snowboard Day, this conversation is going to drop tomorrow morning. If we cross that 750 review threshold and we could kind of tie that in, you know, to kind of at least World Snowboard Day week. Um, <laughs> but, but, but along these lines, we did just get this review in on Apple Podcasts. And this is really kind of was reading this was like an emotional roller coaster for me. But I, I, I want to read it here. The, the title of this review on apple podcasts does blister plus actually work and this was by b devil 17 um b devil writes i feel like we have heard about many superb crashes and close calls however we need a real live review on whether blister plus actually works straight from the person who promotes the absolute crap out of it jonathan Will it spot him when both wrists end up in cast due to a gruesome bunny slope accident? Will it then cover him on the preceding injury he sustains on his next attempt to swindle more reviews, ski, bike, gap jumps, skiing jumps, ski parachuting, grass slash sand skiing a la Candide, 
uh, who know, who can say? There are only 27 more ratings till we can find out. We need a full 10,000 word blister review, plus flash review, plus deep dive straight from the horse's mouth. Well, that might get delayed due to not being able to type. So hopefully his jaws don't get wired shut from the injuries so he can still voice to text his review. For what it's worth, I love the show and am a Blister Plus member. Absolute brain candy of the best kind. But I need to know if this Blister Plus spot stuff works before I send it into oblivion this winter. I won't trust any other review source on the planet other than Blister for Skis. Why should I then trust someone else's review of spot? Jonathan, you're my only hope. Um, that's a lot of pressure. That was I, I also just learned apparently you can write a ten thousand word review in Apple Podcasts. That's mostly what I just learned from this. Yeah. <laughs> um but but the other thing is, I mean, we know it works, right? Like I fractured my arm. We're coming up on six weeks ago. You know, I filed my claim. It does work. Dylan re- Dylan Wood, uh, our reviewer. He's used it. We have a number of people uh, who Blister Plus members who've written in telling us they've used it. It does actually work. I mean, this horrible scenario where I'm supposed to not break my jaws, uh, but I will break both wrists. I mean, more injuries will come, but we already know this works. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I just like the uh, as soon as they mentioned that you had broken both your wrists and you couldn't type. I was just picturing you with like a giant keyboard and you just have to slam your club fist down on each key. Writing a 10,000 word review like that would be uh, quite the workout. That's true. Um, I like the voice to text option. I probably would go for that instead. <laughs> well, anyway, Bedevil, um, that one took some time. And so thank you for that. We're glad you liked the show. And uh, I am a little scared. I am a little scared of the the ensuing injuries, but but I'm still more excited than scared to get on a board. And so next year, December 21st, Luke, we will be celebrating winter solstice, but I think you just nailed it. Like December 21st, you and I and our friends, we should all be snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might go power surfing this evening. <laughs> it's a good excuse. You're already kind of there. Also, Luke and I learned last night there was an event at Elevation Hotel. You know who also snowboards? The legend Wendy Fisher, one of the greatest big mountain skiers of all time. She will get out on a board. And so I think we're going to recruit her when we start filming, assuming we hit the 750. Uh, when we start doing our films, I was like, well, Wendy, you got to come out and film with us. And she agreed. So um, we're, we're just bringing in the legends now uh, mm-hmm. into this uh all the legendary amateurs out there. <laughs> legendary amateurs. And then me, who's just an amateur. No no legendary part. But anyway, that's an update on that front. So, folks, yeah, we are, I think we are that 27 ratings away. So, let's get this done. Let's cross the finish line. Let's go snowboard. And now, let's go snowboard with Wendy Fisher. Okay. Community reviews, Luke. Uh, it's time to give a bit of an update. Why don't we throw that to you then? Yep. For people who aren't familiar, need a refresher. Uh, we've talked about Blister Community Reviews on our Blister Labs panel session from Blister Summit 2023, as well as uh, episode 257 of Gear 30. That 
episode is a very good one to listen to if you want the whole backstory. Um, but basically, it's part of our Blister Labs partnership with uh, Western Colorado University and uh, Colorado at Boulder. And the goal is basically to create a way for users to submit reviews and view other users' reviews in a way that's as useful as possible, like kind of applying how we think about our reviews when we're writing them and applying it to a much more user-friendly interface. Like you don't need to be, you don't need to have reviewed anything ever to submit a review or uh, understand someone else's review is the main goal. And yeah, long story short, it is currently live for Blister members. Um, you can access it via the member clubhouse as well as via the member tab on our navigation bar. And currently, this is very much a beta version, uh, but we're pretty happy with it so far. We're starting off with uh, this skis as the main category. So writing ski reviews, reading ski reviews. Uh, it seemed like the most obvious place to start. We have much more planned for the future so this is definitely not the finalized product and we are currently just encouraging all blister members check it out play around with it submit reviews read other reviews uh, test out the filtering functions and submit your feedback we are the, the goal is to continue to refine and improve and update it and a large part of that will be the feedback we receive from blister members um you all are gonna have a big role in that so that's kind of where where we're at right now yeah and again we've talked about this on a couple of the the past community reviews conversations we've had check those out but um the big intention here is to again start recruiting the very smart community we have of blister members all of whom are out there getting on a ton of different gear uh, in a ton of different lengths and a ton of different sizes in a ton of different locations and across our growing and relatively large community already. uh, We do have people that are low intermediates. We have very experts. We've got the whole gamut. And I, I do want to say this. I still sometimes will get comments from people where they will tend to say something along the lines of, well, you know, I, I assume that, you know, most of the blister audience, these are like really advanced or expert skiers. That's just not true. And that's never, ever what we set out to design blister to be about or who we were writing for. My intention from day one, was that the stuff we were doing on Blister would be for anybody who was passionate about these sports or just curious about these sports, right? That is what we tried to do. It never was, oh, um, we only want to talk to sort of experts or advanced you know, folks in mountain biking or skiing or snowboarding or trail running or whatever. It is fully grounded in Are you passionate about this stuff or are you genuinely curious? That's it. Because Luke, you know better than anybody, we get emails from people all around the world who are like, wow, 
I am a very new skier or very new mountain biker. And I've just spent the last three weeks pouring over our Gear 101 articles or our reviews or listening to podcasts. And, you know, it's very nice. We're really proud of these things. But people are like, thank you so much for helping me kind of understand what's going on in these sports. So I have always thought of us as hopefully being the friend of people who are coming into these sports. But then, yeah, we try to do smart things so that people who've been doing these sports for a long time, they also are getting something out of, you know, out of what we're up to. And so that is, I think, important to say in the community reviews, we are not just interested at all in the opinions of people who have been, say, doing this for 10 or 20 years or something. We want those people to write in, but we also hope to really start growing out the number of beginners, the number of intermediate people. We want to hear your opinions. And importantly, we're going to talk more about this in a sec. <laughs> Luke, you know, we've been talking about this a lot between ourselves and with the whole team. This needs to not at all be a place, community reviews, where people are a bit intimidated or hesitant to leave their thoughts because if that happens we've really undermined the whole utility and value of this does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah and i think the as soon as blister members take a look i think you'll see that we've definitely arranged these review forms and how they're uh viewed on the front end in a way that is uh put it lightly, much quicker and easier than yes. say our, us writing our reviews. Like yep. there are, I think I would, I bet most people apart from the open-ended section could fill out a ski review in a few minutes. Maybe yep. um, I'm not encouraging like everyone speed run these ski reviews, but it's not a huge intimidating task. And then we do yeah. have open-ended sections that are just that they're open-ended. People could write a sentence of, written text mm -hmm. about how they would describe their experience on something or they could write a thousand words it's totally up mm -hmm. to you but yeah we tried to arrange it in a way that makes it easy to input data that is still valuable there yeah. are detailed different sections and then display that data in a way that's easy to digest and we have bigger plans too in terms of the the visual side of things in the future but um yeah i think i think it's right now it, is, it accomplishes that pretty well in terms of allowing people to submit and as much info as they want, but not requiring it whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing that you said, Luke. Our best guess is that for somebody who is coming to leave a review of, let's, yeah, some ski they spent a couple of days on or a ski they've owned for a couple of years, whatever the case, we predict it's going to take most people two to three minutes to fill out the kind of the the numbered section of the questions and frankly you can leave it at that if you like you can leave it at that uh if you would like to offer more information you we have that capacity but yeah i think that's helpful to give people a sense of like what kind of time investment are we looking at here probably two to three minutes uh per product is our best guess and, and again, we've said this on maybe some past conversations, but one of the things that we are super excited about with these community reviews is we've talked about 
the breadth of individuals from all around the world, all different shapes and sizes and heights and weights and ability levels to now be weighing in. But importantly, you know, we don't get to review every length of ski out there, right? In- increasingly, if we're dropping a review of something, we're trying to get on uh, like two lengths of a product. And even that doesn't always happen. So I think as more and more people are weighing in, let's just take one particular ski, K2 Mindbender 99Ti. We have been looking at that ski a lot in the 184, but now we will be able to have our community weighing in on longer lengths, shorter lengths, and we think maybe we'll see an interesting consensus around a particular length of that ski that we haven't been on. And I think that this will only uh, increase the amount of information and the value across the board, uh, certainly when it comes to skis. And then as we build out community reviews and other categories, I, I, I think that part is one of the things I'm most excited about um, to see if we just are learning things right where maybe there is a particular length of a product where people are absolutely raving about it. And that seems to be less true about a shorter length. That will create some interesting points of identification, I think. Mm. What else are you interested in? What else do you want to talk about, Luke, in terms of how we have been, <laughs> things we've been wrestling with along the way? Yeah, I, th- I'm, I think it goes, kind of connects with what we were talking about before in terms of trying to make these as applicable to as many people as possible. That when... <laughs> especially when you're trying to design something with simplicity and like uh, intuition as priorities, like we're constantly battling or like debating between how detailed and granular do we go versus how simple and basic do we go? How do we balance providing enough information with not providing so much information that people are confused or intimidated, or we have to explain ourselves forever uh that was a very large part of the process when especially in in terms of just uh fine-tuning the copy and how we outline these questions and probably one of the bigger ones was one of the questions is uh in the review form is select your skier experience level for these ski reviews and we went back and forth a lot and i feel like this is a fairly contentious topic just in in and of itself um i mean yeah i have a lot of friends that work in rental shops and are constantly dealing with people uh typically overestimating rather than underestimating their skill level but um yeah i mean i we have we now have a link in the review form that tells you how we are thinking about the experience levels we listed in the review form i am not going to claim that this is the definitive way to describe them or the definitive list. I think it's there are many different approaches you could take. Uh, but largely, I'm curious. I think this is a broader conversation that's pretty interesting. And like we, yeah, we just kept debating between do we break it into 10 different levels? Do we do three? Like, where do the breaks happen? What determines right. like an advanced versus intermediate, especially when you consider on versus off piste? Um, I guess for starters, do you want to just 
go over how the sort of list of experience levels and descriptions that we settled on for now? Yeah, I think we should. And and um, bef- just before we get there, you know, we have not talked a lot about experience levels on Blister. I mean, we will in our reviews in the kind of who, you know, who it's for section of a product, we will say things like we think this product could work really well for, you know, beginners and intermediates or from everyone from, you know, intermediates to experts. We, but, but we don't tend to, we have not really tried to drill down and really refine and narrow these definitions in part because like, we sort of don't care. Like, we, I don't know. It gets so weird. Like, the culture gets so weird around this. And you just spoke to it a bit where go into, like, talk to any shop person and they will most of the time tell you that most of us are overstating, you know, how good we are at these sports for ego reasons or whatever. And so it was a... um it was an interesting exercise for us to kind of try to spell this out. And as you said, Luke, this is not what we think is the end all be all definitive guide, but we did need to kind of help people like, like, okay, well, what are we talking about here in blisters community reviews? So anyway, but it's, um, it was funny to think about how we haven't and why we haven't, gone down previously to like narrow this and be like, this is where you go. You're in this bucket. Right. And, but now in this exercise, we kind of needed to do it and um, let, let's get in. Let's, let's talk a bit about it. Yeah. So I guess for now I'll just list off our current descriptions of the five experience levels we came up with, starting with beginner, you are brand new to skiing and or you're still working on getting comfortable on beginner green circle runs or in Europe, blue circle runs. Then yep. we have intermediate. You are comfortable on all green circle and blue square runs. You might even be picking your way down some black runs, though you aren't comfortable skiing many of them. Advanced. You can ski most black runs on piste and off piste with confidence and relatively good technique in many conditions. Then we have expert. You have outstanding technique and are able to ski most black and double black runs with confidence and good form in all conditions. Finally, pro skier slash comp skier, you currently ski or have formerly skied at the highest levels of the sport. Your skill and experience level would consistently put you among the very best skiers at any mountain. Yeah. And so a little bit why we did that. Oh, and then we also kind of have... it's kind of a joke, but kind of not. We were going to add another level, just the Candide level. Mm-hmm. And there's only one person in the world who, you know, was in the Candide level. But um, Luke, Luke thought we should leave that out for now. Um, I wanted to add the, the sort of the, the pro level, the pro comp skier or former pro comp skier above the expert level because... There is just too big of a difference if the expert category, let's say, is let's just say, is supposed to include me and then also Ted Ligety or me and a Candide. These are two extremely different things, right? And I think that that expert bucket t- 
tends to just get way too broad. And, you know, as you know, I frankly wrote these definitions and Luke kind of was helping me fine tune them. I would say like based on the definitions we laid out, and this is maybe another conundrum or something for us to think about, like I would put myself between, I would put myself in the advanced and expert category. Like you come ski a hard mountain like Crested Butte. What was it? Read the definition again that we said for expert, Luke. For expert, you have outstanding technique and are able to ski most black and double black runs with confidence and good form in all conditions. Um, I think for me, the outstanding technique and all conditions uh, are the two parts that like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I'd totally be considered in that category because if it's like pretty refrozen and stuff, I don't think anyone's calling my technique outstanding in those conditions. And, and, and that's a, that's a good example. Let's talk about that. Like, and, and by the way, I think where I think in that, in our current definition of expert, and by the way, we are open to revising these things. So if somebody has, you know, good thoughts, we will take this into consideration. We just, we just want to come up with useful ways to help each of us describe ourselves. And then when other people are reading these community reviews, they will have a clear sense of, okay, who is that person and how are they a lot like me at a different end of the spectrum from me, whatever. I think the word most is doing a lot of work right now in that in our definition of what an expert is. Someone who can ski most black and double black runs with outstanding technique in all conditions. So I actually think that word most is doing some heavy lifting there. But but let's talk about an incredibly difficult um, snow surface, snow type, like refrozen, you know, coral reef. We're not saying that you have to have this flawless racer technique through all of that. You're going to adjust your technique for those conditions, right? And I actually think a lot about, look at our you know our friend Cody Townsend look at the skiing that Cody is doing down some of these super gnarly coulars with shit conditions right Cody is not flashing these things you're using very measured very under control technique in some of those situations and that is very much what i mean right given the conditions what does outstanding technique look like and call for in really bad conditions? So that was kind of how I was thinking about that. And um, I didn't mean it to be like, oh, you still look like you're Ted Liggety on yeah, refrozen your hip. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. How are you feeling about these definitions right now? I think, I mean, I like so many aspects that we were deciding on for community reviews i go back and forth constantly i'm like yeah a category between advanced and expert would be nice but then we have to do even more granular definitions and we're like okay now you're comfortable on 60 percent of black and double black yeah. runs instead of 70 and like it you can just analyze it to death and i am very curious uh if anyone if anyone listening uh has like ideas about different types of classification systems maybe that are 
uh, a greater number of uh, classes or experience levels or maybe fewer or if they have like a completely different way to think about it than what we're focused on in terms of like types of runs, like difficulty of runs, types of conditions uh, and how your technique is in each of those. That's I feel like those are kind of the general ways we're thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I think I'm pretty content with what we've arrived with. I think it allows people to fairly easily put themselves in one or maybe feel caught between two. Uh, but yeah, there is, I don't think there's ever going to be any perfect way, uh, to do this because skiing is kind of different for everyone. Yeah. I, for me currently, um, I, I'm probably most tempted to add that advanced slash expert category Mm -hmm. in part, because as I just said on our, based on our current definitions, I'm like, that's where I would put myself. If I were to add another category, it would then be the sort of intermediate slash advanced. Like I, I feel good about where we are with beginner. That seems real clear intermediate also seems clear it starts getting fuzzier the higher up the ladder we go and so if you're listening to this i will be fascinated if to hear your feedback if you think no keep it at the current levels you have with the descriptions you have or if we get a lot of feedback that can we please add a intermediate slashed advanced and then or you know or can we get that advanced slash expert that's yeah. what i'm most curious about or maybe Candide will write in and request his category be public. <laughs> if Candide writes in, we are a hundred percent adding the Candide category immediately. Also, Candide, we should do that podcast sometime. By the way, Luke, where are we currently showing people these these levels, the experience levels in our definitions? So they are in uh, our glossary of terms for snow sports. Um, if you just search glossary on our website, you'll find it. We'll also link it to the show notes here. And more importantly, on the community review side, right underneath where you select your experience level, there's a link that goes directly to these definitions. Okay. So that's where people can find them. And yeah, um, I, I can't wait. I really hope we get your opinions on this. And I suppose we should say we did choose not to go with the PSIA system of, you know, and system and descriptions of experience levels. I think they do. Is it, It's nine, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just another example. Like, I don't have a problem with it at all, but that's where we just thought that was getting more granular than we cared to get and we thought for the sake of simplicity and whatever just letting normal people come where we are pretty used to the language of beginner intermediate advanced expert and then trying to work a bit of nuance into that but not start getting into the language of like i'm a level five well i'm a level nine or three like that's not how normal people talk so again, we're not, I'm not trying to throw shade on that system, but we didn't think that that made the most sense for what we're trying to do here and how we're trying to talk about this stuff and get many thousands of people thinking about this stuff. 
Yeah, the descriptions of the PS levels that I've seen, I think, make a ton of sense from an instructing perspective. Yes. Because they're very oriented towards specific skills. Whereas if people are outside of class, which a lot of the time we are not taking ski lessons, I think most people, um, I don't think you're thinking about like, I'm now making parallel turns and adding a pole plant. Like, I think it's just, I'm skiing these types of runs. Here's how I feel on these runs. I think yeah. So I think we went we went a bit more general in the hope that it is easier to kind of connect with a certain experience level that we've described. Yeah, and I think you just nailed it. That nine that nine point system, let's call it, makes a ton of sense if you're working on instruction and looking to move people up. That is not our goal with community reviews. So okay, um, I still wonder if yeah. Still wonder what you all are going to think about this and our system. And I secretly hope you all want to see an advanced slash intermediate level included. Because then I'm going to put myself there and then Luke will be forced to be okay and let us add this. So anyway, um, speaking of things we wrestled with a lot, should we talk about just um, our product levels, right? So some ski you think about it you've got some ski you're going to go into community reviews to leave a rating one of the things we wrestled with was whether to just go a scale of one to five and ultimately i ended up deciding that we should go with a scale of zero to ten um i don't know luke thoughts on this yeah again we yeah went back and forth a lot like we initially had them just like a, a standard Likert scale, which are generally a one to five scale. But I think especially on our end, that started to feel like there was some big gaps uh, between those five numbers. And so we ended up, yeah, going zero to ten. Uh, it gives you a nice neutral five that is directly halfway, which is nice. And I think it just allows for uh a lot more a lot more value to the data like for reference these are questions like how would you rate the stability of the ski how would you rate how forgiving it is how would you rate how playful it is um stuff like that where we're providing the option to just assign a 0 to 10 numerical value uh it's much simpler than kind of what our usual process is in our normal reviews where we're writing all the details and background and context of what we mean when we say the ski is pretty stable. Instead, let people pick a number, let people view that number, get a quick idea of uh, their perception of a specific performance trait of that ski. And yeah, I feel like zero to 10 is a pretty good spot. It's not, uh, ironically, like I'm way more comfortable with that than like going with 10 skier experience levels, um, largely because we're not. <laughs> In, in these cases, we're not explaining what every single number means. I think it's pretty intuitive. We debated explaining every single number, but it's basically like zero is really bad. Ten is really good. And I think most people can kind of figure out. And, and five is five are kind of neutral. Five is like, OK. And so we do give those three. I think we ha- are currently showing zero is horrible. 10 is outstanding. Yep. 
the dead middle five is okay. And then people can exercise their own freedom, creativity, et cetera, to slot gear in there. I, I don't know if you know this, Luke. I actually have defined zero through 10 on this scale. And I, and I, we could post it, but then I also kind of was like, well, I don't know. I, I think we'll see along the way if it's like, yeah, no, people get it with those three markers, zero horrible, five okay, 10 outstanding. I don't know that they need more help, but I don't know. That's, that's something that we could slot into. It's few words. It's not, it's not sophisticated, but I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll show in the show notes of this, like my current working zero to 10 and people can be like, yeah, just slap that up for it'll be a helpful reference or not. I don't I don't know. I'm open to it. Yeah, I think like a lot of things, we will continue to source feedback from from our members and see how much detail, how little detail, how much description, et cetera, uh, is beneficial to the most people. That's right. And that's the only goal. What is most helpful for people and then what in return makes it the most useful for people reading these reviews. So we're, we're concerned both about the person who is writing the review and entering the numbers, but also then how, how useful is it for those reading this? And we're going to refine it along the way with feedback. We know that that's why one of the reasons we're, we have it clearly labeled beta version at the moment. It's fun stuff. It's you, kind of maddening at time trying to get clear on this, but I'm I'm very psyched that now our members can just go start using it and then we can stop hand-wringing about should we do it this way or that way and we'll just get a lot of feedback and you guys can make the calls now. Let's talk about one other thing we've been wrestling with quite a bit. And that is frankly whether our blister reviewers ought to be filling out some of these community reviews. Um, and I can, I can kind of make a case for and against. You know, the, the reason for us to stay completely out of it is that people can already go read our flash reviews, our full reviews, our deep dive comparisons. You know, people are hearing from Blister reviewers quite a bit. And so I would be fine if the feedback is, hey, would y'all stay out of this and let us, the community, the non-Blister reviewers, just have our space to do this? I think that's totally coherent and I'm open to it. If there's the case to be made for having our team enter these shorter things, um, it's just that, one, it would allow us to more rapidly be weighing in on a number of products uh, that's the same benefit that everybody is going to get. It's a quick process. And I think we can be weighing in um, quicker. And, and we do also have, we have a category in there where it says days used. So if Luke, you have spent a weekend on a new product, you can go in there and do after two days, here's my rating of this. And then you will, everybody, all people submitting a community review have the ability to go in and edit and update their reviews if they want to, you know, if their opinions are changing with more time spent on the product. So, um, you know, that's something that we can be doing. And 
if if any of you, we will not be offended, I promise. If some of you are like, hey, please stay out of it, or no, we want to hear from you. We're curious. Let us know um, in the comments section of this episode, you know, whatever. But we're again, that's going to be part of the feedback I'm interested in. For now, our plan is that we will, our team will be providing these community reviews. And Luke, as, as this develops, how are you currently thinking about how we do that versus what we're doing with a flash review or full review, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, the community reviews is like for Blister reviewers, I'm imagining it fairly similarly to our flash reviews in that we can submit one after a few runs on a ski if we want or a few days. We can update it later for reference. If you want to update your own reviews in community reviews, you go to your profile page. That's where you can see all your reviews and update them. But I think the one of the large differences between community reviews and our flash reviews, our flash reviews are just written. They are much shorter than our full reviews, but typically they're still fairly lengthy. That is not going to be the case with community reviews. I think one of the big upsides with it is for people who find it easier to kind of look at some number ratings uh, for different traits rather than read a bunch of descriptions about it. That's going to be a big difference on that side. It'll be uh, a lot of distilled information displayed succinctly. Uh, and as you noted, like these may evolve. We might edit a review as uh, we get more time on it. Uh, but that's how I'm thinking about them. Like quick snapshot, like of our time so far on a product. I think that could, could be useful on the community review side. Yeah. And I think frankly, that might be the strongest case for our team entering reviews and community reviews is, as you just said, that numerical system for people are just like, hey, I'm busy or my four kids are, you know, clamoring for me to make them lunch. Can you just can I go real quick and get that very fast snapshot of information? I think that I imagine there's going to be quite a few people who like the sound of that. And um, but but we'll see. Um, yeah, and I think important to note is no matter what, they will be like, we're still going to be putting out flash reviews and full reviews and deep dives. Like, yes, I yeah. would never view that like quick snapshot as a replacement for our full reviews. Like there's a reason why we haven't typically like assigned a number scale to certain traits, because in our full reviews, we have the opportunity to actually we have the space and uh opportunity to go into detail to talk about the context of like like maybe i rate a ski as a seven out of ten in terms of stability in my community review in the full review i could be like yeah it's it's quite stable for this class of skis around this width and uh like there are heavier skis example ski x that we talk about in our deep dive that are more stable whereas yeah in community reviews there's that's not the point of it. It's it's trying to kind of just distill that down into very easily digestible information. Anything else, Lucas? I think just, yeah, let us, so let us know your thoughts on everything we've talked about in this conversation on the post for it on our website. Uh, Blister members, Blister Plus members, go play around with Blister community reviews. Again, it's 
accessible via the member clubhouse, like every other member benefit, as well as the nav bar under the membership tab. And yeah, it is a beta version. As we mentioned, we have much, much more planned, big plans for more gear categories, big plans for more complex and useful filtering capabilities and uh, just aesthetically different ideas for how we display this information and try and continue to refine that. But mostly we just want people to check it out, write some reviews, read some reviews. And if you have any thoughts or feedback, uh, just submit it through the feedback form on the community reviews menu. Perfect. Hey man, appreciate all your work uh, that you've been doing on this. And I mean, man, we've been, it's been about two years on this now, I think. Um, Thinking through it, starting to present the idea, working with faculty and students um, at Western. This was a Blister Labs capstone course uh, where we were working closely with folks uh, in the engineering program. Uh, at Western on this. And um, it's cool to see this uh, coming through. And we encourage everybody, go spend 10 minutes poking around, uh, enter a review, uh, see what you think, give us your feedback. This is a tool for the community. So it really needs to be something that is a real value add for our Blister members. So Let us know what you think so far. Give us your thoughts and we'll continue to build this out together. So I think that's it, Luke. I think our work here is done. Um, Thanks as always, Luke, for the conversation. Thanks to everybody for tuning in, checking this out. It's going to be dark, you know, in 20 minutes because it's like it's morning here. So (laughs) I I think we've got about two hours of daylight, probably, Luke. Um, I do hope you get out on your pal surfer today. And uh, yeah, probably via headlamp. As always, thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And uh, everybody, I hope you have a phenomenal weekend, uh, a phenomenal holiday season. And of course, by holidays, we mean World Snowboard Day. And uh, we'll talk to you all real soon. Bye, everybody.